0: This is Haas. And this is Samson. With Franks and Deans. In Las Vegas, Nevada. And, and unless we feel, feel like screaming, screaming at, at the, the radio, radio we, we never listen, listen to I, I Doubt It with Dolomore. Dull.
1: Guy's such an asshole.
0: Yeah, but she's kind of hot, though. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right. Welcome. One and all, thank you for joining us on this 169th episode of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host, Jesse Dolamore. And sitting across from me, raring to go, as always, my lovely, talented, and very driven co-host, Brittany Page.
2: I am alive.
0: I know, you're, uh, you're, I've seen you in better shape before.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know what that's supposed well, to Well, I mean, mean, you're but... always
0: in tip-top shape, as you are right now, but you're... You're, you're, I don't know, if burning the candle at both ends is accurate, but you're definitely frazzled.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You're under a tremendous, as Donald Trump would say, a tremendous amount of stress.
2: Indeed. I had two very, very big projects due this week, a case conference assignment, and then I had my thesis proposal draft due as well. So, it was pretty horrific. Um... <laughs> <laughs> a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Big, big things to do. But you know what? I did it. Yeah. And I did it and was still able to do the show.
0: Still. Why are you looking at me that way?
2: Well, because you're the guy who always gets sick and can't do the show.
0: I always get sick <laughs> and can't do the show. But you
2: know what? No matter you what happens to me, I am always here to do you, the show. I would
0: hope that you would come to be honest about this, that... We are, as I just announced, in episode 169 of the program. Program. And three times. We have Mm. possibly four times. Mm. No. No more than four times. Mm. And I think it's only three.
2: I think it's five.
0: No. Nope. Okay. That is not a bad track record.
2: You're right. It's not. Um...
0: I wish I had Jeopardy music.
2: You're right. <laughs> I'll just stop there.
0: Well, we're we're going on two years here. Only only missing a few days isn't that big a deal.
2: You're right. It has to be more than five. No. <laughs> now you're making sense.
0: Well, before we get started, let me drop the phone number. 657-464-7609. As always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We are still receiving and accepting your Thanksgiving, your American Thanksgiving Day messages of thanks that we will be incorporating into our American Thanksgiving Day episode. Of course, as always, you don't have to be American to participate Please either email, a voice memo, or call in with your message of thanks, and we will uh, incorporate it into the show. It's always a good time, and we're we're looking forward to those. The, the, the submissions have started to lull, and I'm getting a little worried the closer we get to Thanksgiving on the 26th. So please make haste and get that in. You know, despite all of your stress and pressure with graduate school, Brittany Page, Mm-hmm. We we did manage to go see a movie. We did. Probably, what, 10 days ago?
2: Yes. Well, movies are priorities.
0: Yes. Well, good movies typically are priorities.
2: Yes. This one was uh, was okay.
0: It was. We went to see Room. It's not The Room, right? Mm-hmm. Just Room. It's
2: just Room. It's based on a book.
0: Yeah. And it, it stars Brie Larson mm-hmm. and some little boy. And I'll say as kind of a a measure of honesty here, there will be mild, mild spoiler alerts coming up.
2: Jacob Tremblay is the boy's name. Okay.
0: Well, this movie, and I, I won't, I'll let you know when the spoiler alert's getting ready to happen.
2: Here, I'll give the synopsis. All right. It's about a woman who is held captive, and her five-year-old son is a product of the captivity. Right. And they're stuck in this little shed in the backyard
0: for years. Seven years. Right. And her captor had sex with her and got her pregnant, and then she had a baby and raised the baby in the room. Inside the room. Yeah.
2: And then they... This is in the synopsis, so I'm just reading the synopsis right. that no, IMDb no gives you. Yet. They gain their freedom, allowing the boy to experience the world for himself outside of the room, the only room that he's ever known. And so the book apparently is written from his point of view, and the movie I mean in parts of it are told from his point of view, but I mean it doesn't focus on his point of view. Right. So
0: So and even the trailer, you know that they get out and everything. That's right, not a that, right. that's not a secret. But here's where the spoiler alert will start to take place. So if if you are afraid, turn off or fast forward for five minutes or so, and and resume with your regularly scheduled program. Program,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Brittany. Program. Skip
2: forward like five minutes.
0: That's what I just said.
2: Okay, wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
0: So, we're in the theater, and these Brie Larson, and the character's name is Jack. What's his name?
2: Jacob Tremblay. But the character's name are Joy and Jack.
0: Joy and Jack. So, Joy and Jack, they break free through a series of events. And he is the product of her being raped. Systematically, repeatedly raped. And her parents have not seen her. She got kidnapped as a high school kid. And they... You know, it's this obviously a heart-wrenching, traumatic reunion in the hospital room. And then when they get back to her parents' house, her parents are now estranged. And the dad, played by William H. Macy, won't look at the kid. He won't even look at him. And there's that very tense moment at the dinner table where she's like, Look at, look at Jack. I want you to look at him. And he won't do it. Well, behind us in the theater, is this couple and I don't think they were old people. We've talked on the program before (laughs) about our bad luck sitting next to geriatrics who either don't get it or can't hear or just like to talk.
2: Or are drinking and falling asleep. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's been many, many, uh, many cases of this. But this wasn't one of them. I think they were, you know, just a a regular couple. And when this was going on with the characters where she wasn't... She was wanting William H Macy to look at him, and he refused. It was clear what the issue was, but the woman behind us turns to her husband or the man she's with and says, "Why won't Why won't he look at at Jack?" And the man's response was, "He is. He's mad that the kid was born out of wedlock."
2: Hmm. <laughs> what? Apparently, William H. Macy is a very traditional man in the movie, and he's very upset that she didn't marry her rapist prior to the conception. Right.
0: William H. Macy doesn't have a problem that is a product of rape. He has a problem that they weren't married before she was raped and had a baby.
4: Mm -hmm. What the fuck?
0: This is 2015, and we don't live in the backwoods who still holds these opinions or isn't articulate enough to demonstrate the correct idea that they're trying to say.
2: Yeah, it was it was extremely it was extremely odd. It was kind of one of those moments where you know, you're wondering, is this person watching the same movie that I am? I mean, we're in the same movie theater, but are we understanding yeah. what's happening here? I don't think so. It
0: was real weird.
2: Also, it was loud enough so most people around those individuals could hear them talking which is another unusual thing maybe kind of keep your wedlock conversation (laughs) to whispering that might be i just i found
0: it very perplexing even when we left the theater and we were talking about it i I just still couldn't wrap my head around that that's what he thought the william h macy character that's why he couldn't look at the kid Mm -hmm. it wasn't that He was the product of his daughter, his little baby daughter, being brutally raped over the course of seven years. Mm -hmm. It was, he wasn't, she wasn't married to the guy who knocked her up.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) What the fuck? So I said that that the mom's name was Joy. I don't know if that's true. For some reason, I remember in the movie when she was telling him her name, because she's always called Ma. Ma, oh, that's yeah. all she's known yeah, as. Yeah. But I think that at one point she tells the kid her real name, and hmm. I thought it was Joy. But maybe I'm completely just hearing things wrong, like right. that couple. I don't know. <laughs> right.
0: Well, I think the difference between you hearing what you heard wrong and their wackiness is uh, quite far removed.
2: Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah, I do what I can.
0: All right, well, let's get to a little, a little listener feedback. How about that? Marcus, who emailed us prior in prior episode, he has emailed us again and wanted to add a little bit more information.
2: Hey guys, thanks for reading my last email on the show. It was pretty cool. I have a couple things I wanted to pass along. Larry Lizig, is that how you say his name? I know I ask every time. Every time. I don't know how to say it. Still correct. He suspended his campaign today. Do I feel silly or what? (laughs) Not really. He wasn't ever going to come close to winning. I was just hoping for the issue to get more exposure. I wanted to say specifically why I started supporting you guys on Patreon. I want access to those sweet, sweet debate recap shows. I can't bring myself to actually watch the debates in full, but I get the high points from the audio you play, along with some fact-checking and snark. I've been listening to Vox's The Weeds podcast and loving it. In the most recent episode, they made reference to Obama leading or not on certain issues— Jesse had made specific criticisms of Obama not leading on the gun control issue. The point made on the podcast was that when Obama takes a stance on something, it seems to increase the likelihood that a vote on that will be highly partisan. The implication is that Obama might shut his trap on something if it looks like something's happening behind the scenes. This doesn't invalidate Jesse's point. I just wanted to bring it up for context.
0: I would have to listen to that particular episode or read whatever article... When I think he did provide a link to something, he did, yeah, which is awesome. I like the the due diligence there that the listener emails and then also provides backup to what they're saying rather than just their own words, which is the way I would do it. Just the words. <laughs> so uh, I'll have to check it out. I don't know. I, I don't know whether it would necessarily be something I would disagree with, but. I, I definitely think that Obama has a tendency to not lead on certain issues. And the fact that he has a difficult Congress shouldn't take away the incentive to, to still lead. So, Anyway, thanks for the email. We really appreciate it. If you would also like to communicate with the show via email, it's idoubtit at
2: so we also got a post on the Patreon page where apparently you can make posts and it's from Alina and she- new
0: new patron.
2: Yes. She says, what's our title? Who are we? Dollar Dollar Ballers. <laughs> I need a group to belong to yo."
0: Wow. Dollar Ballers. I don't know about that. That's.
2: That's a little over
0: the top. That
2: is pretty creative.
0: We have heard a lot of people say doubters, but that just seems so...
2: Well, I was looking for a play on your name. Yeah. That's what what I was looking for.
0: I don't know. I
2: I think someone told me a good one, but telling me isn't helpful right into the show. I don't remember things. (laughs) So whoever that was right please write into the show don't just tell me because I'm worthless Well, there are
0: often times throughout the week where there something funny will happen and I will be oh you got to email me that or I'll immediately email or text myself because I want to remember to bring it up at the top of the show mm-hmm. so bleh. I'm terrible the memory's no good mm-hmm. all right let's let's get on to some very unpleasant, I guess, some news. Very recently, a Russian airliner crashed last week over the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt, and 224 people died. Now, the, we didn't cover this because it's just, this may sound callous, but just another plane crash where people die. It's terrible, but it's not really the, worth discussion because... I'm not an aviation expert. I'm really not an expert <laughs> on very much, but I wouldn't have much to say. I'm not Richard Quest or whatever that loudmouth guy on CNN. I'm, that's not what I do. I'm loudmouthed about other things. Well, it appears today that there has been a link to ISIL directly related to the crash, and U.S. intelligence is pointing its finger directly at terrorism,
4: You know, the CNN team across the board has been on this story, and now we know that U.S. intelligence believes it was most likely an explosive device that brought down the plane. I want to read to yeah. you exactly what a source told me a short time ago. This U.S. government official saying, quote, there is a definite feeling it was an explosive device planted in the luggage or somewhere on the plane. The feeling by the U.S. intelligence community is it was ISIS or an ISIS affiliate. This, of course, they believe happened at the Sharm el-Sheikh airport uh, in the Sinai when it took off from there going back to St. Petersburg, Russia. The feeling, the assessment they have right now, an explosive device somehow got past Sharm el-Sheikh airport security measures. They think it was a conventional explosive, nothing very fancy a security problem at the airport most likely and got on the plane and you are seeing some confirmation of this in a way the British government now delaying any flights back and forth between the UK and Sharm el-Sheikh. Ireland a short time ago announcing it is suspending flights to Sharm el-Sheikh. We should say that the Egyptian government has very strongly said airport security is safe at that airport, but there is a lot of concern and a lot of doubt. Why? What is the evidence that the U.S. has that this might have been ISIS or an ISIS affiliate putting a bomb on the plane. Well, we know now, according to sources we're talking to, that the U.S. is monitoring ISIS messages, claims of responsibility that have not been made public. We've seen some public claims that some have been sort of dismissed by the U.S. government. But ISIS communicates in its own classified channels, if you will. The U.S. monitors that all the time, and they are seeing some messages internal to ISIS and ISIS affiliates. Another point to make, officials are telling us they had no advance warning that there would be a bomb plot or or they would have notified everyone. But in recent weeks, the US had noticed some activity in Sinai by militant groups that had caused concern. And in the days since the apparent now bombing of the Russian airliner, they've gone back, they've gathered additional intelligence and it has bolstered that view. So there's a
0: lot here to kind of unpack, but I'll break it down a little bit more simply. I I have large questions surrounding what's going to happen next, because it kind of puts Vladimir Putin and it puts the international very strained relationship between the United States and Russia really under a spotlight, because right now, prior to this accident... Accident, I guess, is the wrong term. Prior to what could be a terrorist attack.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And pr- I would say, very likely, the largest loss of life at the hands of a terrorist since 9-11. More than Paris. I mean, this is 220-some people. This is terrible.
4: hmm
0: But public opinion... And popularity matters a lot. Especially for Vladimir Putin who. Is sitting on a a powder keg economically. The Russian economy is. I wouldn't say it's in tatters but it's certainly not. It's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not all it could be. Right. And he has he has seen waning support. Slightly waning support. And if if that. If that support starts to dip even more, it may force his hand into a position that he wouldn't normally want to be in, which would be to more closely ally with the United States in our opposition to ISIL.
2: Mm, interesting.
0: So I just I guess I don't really have anything to to analyze other than I'm very eager to see what happens going forward because it's it's tenuous. I mean, it's ISIL picking fights with countries that, you know, they they say that this is all political and it really doesn't have anything to do with religion and it's because we're there. There's really no reason why, traditionally understood reason why ISIL would be putting bombs on Russian airliners.
2: Right. Well, this is a point against the people who believe that ISIL isn't a problem, isn't going to become a problem. Isn't serious... You know, all those things that we hear, all those talking points, this is a, a, a mark against them.
0: It's That was my second point, which is exactly that. That to all those people who want to say that ISIL is just this regional, oh, they're just a bunch of scamps over there. They're not really a threat to anybody globally. Well, now we know that's not the case. Or now the preponderance of the ev- evidence should lead you to believe that that's not the case. So... In the coming days, we will know more, and we will talk about it more, but uh, tenuous times, to say the least. All right, let's move on.
5: Support for I Doubt It With Dollimore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget— and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you, too, would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash
0: So before we move on to the dollamocracy segment, I want to say that the debates are coming up. The next Republican debate, hosted by Fox News Channel, will be on the 10th, and directly following that will be the second Democratic debate hosted on CBS on the 14th. So these are both going to be Patreon only, posted only to Patreon. So if you want to get in on that, you'll want to become a Patreon Patreon subscriber and you can do it for as little as $2 a month, 25 cents an episode, and we'd love to have you partner with us. And once again, thank you, Alina, and... Tuba Power! Exclamation point.
2: (laughs) Super secret name. Yeah,
0: apparently you don't need to leave your real name. They don't. They don't. It's not necessary. So, Tuba Power! Exclam. Or should it be Tuba Power?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that seems more appropriate. Yes.
0: (laughs) Not too aggressive. That's just good.
2: No, that's good. So,
0: Elena, thank you, and Tuba Power.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Are you going to be handwriting the letter and saying, dear Tuba Power? Uh, I already did.
0: And yes, it is on the outside of the envelope. It's Tuba Power, Tuba
2: Power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: So hopefully it actually gets to you. It would be awesome if that's their real name.
2: Oh, please.
0: Some parents, you never know.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs)
0: democracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Whoopi Goldberg has come out, I really, I almost just said, has come out and apologized to Carly Fiorina for the demented comment that, uh, that her and her colleagues made about Carly Fiorina's face, but she no. she most certainly did not apologize this is what took place a
6: couple of days ago got a little pissed off with us you know she was pissed off about something we were talking about after last week's debate and she uh... was asked if there was a double standard for conservative women take a look
7: i think there's a double standard it's funny you know i was on the view several months ago they said none of that to my face there is nothing more threatening to the liberal media in general and to hillary clinton in particular than a conservative woman so of course there's a double standard and conservative women from sarah palin to michelle bachman to carly fiorina are long used to this it will not stop me it will not scare me and maybe the ladies of the view if i come back on again let's see if they have the guts to say that to my face
6: well here's the deal, here's the deal. Carly will be here on Friday. Now, I will not, but I do want to point out, Carly, that the last time you were here, and you'll see B-roll running, we welcomed you to our table. We helped raise your... Members' uh, uh, profile? Your profile, yeah. so you would be included in the sea of men. There were no, you weren't worried about, you know, any kind of uh, Republican backlash. Nobody was backlashing. We were respectful and gave you your due. So, just so we're all clear, you have to know the difference between. When somebody's coming for you and when somebody is paying you a compliment and when somebody is saying, here's my observation. If you can get that together, maybe you can be president. But well,
8: we we're welcome it. It's a Don't brilliant look, yes. strategy
6: move on her part.
8: And I think well, every politician
6: you know, would do the, the same. same. And now she'll get some. Okay. Okay. OK, we love that. You'll be you'll be here again. All right. Welcome back to The View, Carly Fiorina. And the audio
0: just does not do it justice the smarmy shitty attitude coming out of whoopi goldberg
2: you know when she said carly fiorina at the end there it reminds me of when she's the character from ghost like etta Mae brown or something yeah yeah yeah. and she says something when she's like carly fiorina she says something in that movie like that (laughs) like a name or something in the movie and It, it
0: it was prophetic it
2: reminded me of that but There's several annoying things that she did at the end when she said that you need to be able to distinguish when someone is coming for you, when they're complimenting you, or when they're making an observation.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, there's also insulting you. Right. Which is what this was.
2: There's other options outside of those three (laughs) things. So...
0: Well, I had issue with more than just that. And not even taking issue with all that Whoopi Goldberg had to say, but the clip that they played of Carly Fiorina who wants to align herself or compare herself to the likes of Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman.
2: Yikes. Yeah,
0: damn. Talk about just tone deaf. Although, it probably really plays to the Republican base. They love... Those are champions of conservatism oh, for mainstream <laughs> Republican people, you know? Really? Yeah, it's terrible. Michelle Bachman? And then the other thing is... Well, Sarah Palin's no better. It's all just craziness. I
2: No, I know. But if you had to choose who is worse, you have to go Michelle Bachman. You think? Yes. I don't know. I just talked to somebody in this crowd and she told me this story and now I'm going to relay it to millions of people on the news <laughs> as though it's fact.
0: Well, the other thing, and then the thing I did take issue with is Whoopi Goldberg being brazen enough to take credit for... Carly Fiorina's inclusion into that debate. (laughs) Right. Which it wasn't because of Carly Fiorina's rising poll numbers. Mm -hmm. It was because CNN threw her a bone. Right. They threw her a bone and let let her ride in because they tweaked their numbers or the number of candidates they were going to let in.
2: Yeah, but they tweaked the numbers because she went on The View, which is such a highly rated, (laughs) amazing, award-winning show that everyone cannot wait to watch each day.
0: Her saying that, Whoopi Goldberg saying that is akin to when... Uh, Bill O'Reilly used to say that Al Gore lost the election because he refused to come on Bill O'Reilly's show. Mm-hmm. That Bill O'Reilly would have given him just enough of a bump in the polls to win the election.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just,
0: it's wacky. So anyway, uh, tomorrow, Friday, you will, if you are the type to to enjoy punishment like that, be able to watch The View and see Carly Fiorina's appearance on that terrible, terrible show.
2: Oh, how exciting. She'll get another bump.
0: Right. Well, speaking of debates, the debate woes, this conversation that's been being had over the course of the last a couple of weeks, at least, is still taking place. Ben Carson whining about the format of the debate and that he doesn't want candidates to be able to ask each other questions. He doesn't want yes or no questions. He, he wants... He wants his balls cupped and cradled in a very gentle way with a with a lotion-filled glove. I don't know. I, he has very weird demands.
2: That and was thought of a little too quick and a little too specific. <laughs> Just for me, I'm saying it's a little concerning hey, I don't, how quickly I, you came up with that. I,
0: I, listen. Quite
2: th- specific. Things
0: come into my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I only can speak. Mm-hmm. So anyway... A letter was drafted by a number of these GOP candidates, not all, but a, a number of them. And they're trying to get their their voice heard and their, their, their demands met.
2: These are the things they're asking for. Well, among other things, 60, 30 second opening and closing statements, pre-approval of on-screen graphics, <laughs> not asking candidates to raise their hands to answer a question. Not holding a lightning round, not allowing candidate-to-candidate candidate questioning, and keeping the temperature in the debate hall below 67 degrees. I,
0: because I've had experience under lights, I could see that you'd they'd want it cold in a studio. If you've ever gone to a sitcom shooting or, or anything like that, they keep those studios really, really cold. And they do that because the lights heat everything up. So I kind of see that. It seems a little pre-Madonna-ish. But eh, I don't really have a problem. All those other ones are just fucking dumb.
2: They want their fresh grape tomatoes sliced in thirds and...
0: And the, the lotion glove. Yeah. Don't forget the lotion glove. Well, Megan Kelly is kind of getting in on the act and uh, mocking the GOP letter and the debate demands.
7: What's happening with the GOP field and the debates?
9: Uh... Look, I know this is a, it's sort of a contrary view, but what's happening with the GOP field and the debates is what happens every cycle. When you start out, you have a lot of people running for president, and their interests are the same, which is not to get blown out before they get started. As they go forward and their polling numbers diverge and their interests diverge, so do their desires as it relates to debates. And there was a brief moment where everybody thought, well, this time the Republicans are going to unite and be good to each other and take care of one another as they go into this polling process. Well, that was never going to happen. So now they're banding
7: together to try to get Mm -hmm. the networks to make sure you tell the audience, Chris, how hot do they want it in the debate hall?
9: 67 degrees. That that needs uh, to be
7: in a contract. They can't have they want all the candidates to receive similarly substantive questions. No so-called lightning rounds of questioning. Approval of any on-screen graphics aired during the debate. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. The network should commit that they will not ask hand-raising questions, yes or no questions, allow candidate to candidate questions. Wh- and then maybe like the foot massage or like a little I mean <laughs>
9: no brown M&Ms. Really? No brown m Get all the brown M&Ms out of the bowl. Look, this is a uh, negotiating position that the candidates worth thinking about engaging in. And then as they got closer to the process of actually submitting the letter, candidates start peeling off because they have different interests. If Trump's you're Donald out, Trump...
7: Fiorina right. never took part. She was like, I'll debate anybody anywhere and I don't care how cold it is exactly. and I don't care what my green room looks like. Chris, said just give me a podium and let us go. Uh, I mean, exactly. So they're bailing. They're, even the, the divided field is getting more divided.
9: They have divergent interests. And this is why we do what we do. We do good debates. We hope candidates come. We hope they and that the we do it for the viewers and the voters that they have faith in us and we have faith in them. Can
7: you imagine having to submit our graphics for approval to the candidates? Good luck with that. We
0: won't. Correct. See, see, uh, the foot massage that's only a step away from the lotion glove, Brittany.
2: Uh, it's several steps (laughs) away.
0: (laughs) Well, this week, Ted Cruz, and I didn't get the audio, although I should have, but. Ted Cruz is coming up with all these wild ideas that only members of the media who have voted in a Republican primary should be able to moderate a Republican debate. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) fucking ridiculous.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, what is it going to be next? Uh, I I don't know. Only people who are Christians should be allowed to (laughs) moderate this debate. Right. Only people who are pro-life should be allowed to ask us questions. Yeah. I mean, really, guy? It's so transparent.
0: Well, the Trump, the question thing came up again this week, and Trump complaining about Anderson Cooper asking, you know, he doesn't want all these uh, tough questions continued to be asked, and he's bringing up what he, you know, would say that Anderson Cooper asked all these cream puff questions of Hillary Clinton and the Democrats
5: dissing the debates, making one big claim about the CNN Democratic debate that seems to be the exact opposite of what he originally said. So this is what Donald Trump said about my moderating of the Democratic debate the day after the debate. He tweeted, At Anderson Cooper did an excellent job of hosting the Dem debate last night. Tough, firm, but fair. Very nice compliment, but now it seems he has a very different opinion. Listen to what he said today. Hillary Clinton was given all softballs. I mean, she wasn't asked one... not one tough question he said now keeping him honest he's actually right we didn't ask Hillary Clinton one tough question we actually asked her a lot more than that here are a few examples you're against same-sex marriage now you're for it you defended President Obama's immigration policies now you say they're too harsh you supported his trade deal dozens of times you even called it the gold standard now suddenly last week you're against it will you say anything to get elected you are going to be testifying before Congress next week about your emails For the last eight months you haven't been able to put this issue behind you. You dismissed it, you joked about it, you called it a mistake. What does that say about your ability to handle far more challenging crises as president? In all candor, you and your husband are part of the 1%. How can you credibly represent the views of the middle class? You spearheaded the reset with Russia. Did you underestimate the Russians and as president? What would your response to Vladimir Putin be right now in Syria? What would you do for African Americans in this country that President Obama couldn't? Do you change your political identity based on who you're talking to?
2: Those are some tough-ass questions. Right. Well,
0: I don't believe that Donald Trump has been asked as difficult of questions even as that. Mm -hmm. So for him to complain (laughs) about the toughness or the fairness of the questions for anyone to complain, they needed to calm it down.
2: I mean, Anderson Cooper was picking out all of her inconsistencies and then directly said, will you say anything to get elected? Yeah,
0: I mean, that's... That's rude. Nobody said that's rude. Not even Hillary Clinton. She just smiled. Answered, you know, as best she could, right. And moved the fuck on. No, right. There was no whining the next day. There was no whining the next week. There was no complaining that continued about their this. Oh, there's a bias, and they're being unfair. the The lamestream media. And
2: why? Because they're all adults, well, and, and you're in a debate yes, to be the president of the United States. That is
0: exactly right. So
2: don't act like a child who. Oh, they're bullying. Like <laughs> no. You want to be the president. You're not being bullied. They are having a debate so that you can perform.
0: Right. Prove to the nation that you are qualified and capable to be president of the United States. Because guess
2: what? I've heard that Vladimir Putin's not that nice of a guy. (laughs) Okay?
0: Yeah. Just ask the Ukraine that. So, Obama, speaking of the president of the United States, he even got in on the action and really... He This is second term Obama lame duck Obama at his
1: finest. Have you noticed that every one of these candidates say, uh, you know Obama's weak he, he he's he, you know people Putin's kicking sand in his face when I talk to Putin uh he's going to straighten out. Just looking at him i'm going he's going to be And then it turns out they can't handle a bunch of CNBC moderators. I mean, let me tell you, if you can't handle If you can't handle those guys. (laughs) You know, then I don't think the Chinese and the Russians are going to be too worried about you.
2: It's so true. Yeah, very,
0: very true. Also, fucking hilarious.
2: Yes. I think Obama might
0: be our funniest president. Yeah. He's got good timing.
2: Yeah, he does.
0: Even comedians like the guys who... Who gets slated to do the the correspondence dinner? Mm-hmm. They talk about how it's a bummer to follow him because he is he's funny and it comes across as extra funny because he's not a funny guy. What? Well, you don't expect him to be funny, and then when he slays oh, it, okay. then it's right. even it magnifies it amplifies the level of funny in your mind. Yeah, because you're not expecting him to really to, to fucking kill it. You okay, because he's he the does. president. Yeah, he's not a jokester.
2: Yeah, he's supposed to be serious guy. <laughs> right,
0: right. Talking yeah. about
2: the important issues.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of funny, well, I, let's. I, I don't want that to be the uh, the transition here. I don't know if this is going to be a segment that we do or or what. Maybe it's only when I get good information like this. But we should have a segment like "Get to Know the GOP Frontrunner" because it as time goes on, shit's going to be changing. Very rapidly.
2: Well, and you're getting ready to talk about Ben Carson. I'm ruining it for everyone. Yes. but Spoiler alert. He is the new frontrunner in a a new national poll, NBC News. He's 29% of Uh. the GOP primary voters.
0: What does that tell you about the GOP primary voters?
2: And Trump is in third, 23%. And then Marco Rubio is fourth, 11%. Ted Cruz, fourth with 10%. Uh. Yeah. Did I say Marco Rubio was third or fourth?
0: Sargento cheese guy. Uh, Yeah, third. He's third, third, yeah. So, Ben Carson, this is taken from a commencement speech, I think, in the late 90s. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Not that long ago. No,
0: not that long ago. He was a man. He was an adult. He was a pediatric brain surgeon when he gave this commencement address or this portion of the commencement address. I, let me just play the, the, the part that concerns me first, and then we'll we'll chop it apart and talk
1: about it. My own personal theory is that Joseph built the pyramids.
0: Uh, he, let me... Well, I guess I do have to preface it a little bit. Uh, he's talking about the Egyptian pyramids here. Not some pyramid that they found somewhere that you're not really familiar with. He's talking about... In Giza, he's talking about the three big boys next to the Sphinx, the big-time pyramids. When you think of the pyramids, those pyramids.
2: Those ones. The. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready the, to do. Yeah.
1: The pyramids. <laughs> My own personal theory is that Joseph built the pyramids in order to store grain. Now, all the archaeologists think that they were made for the pharaoh's graves, but... You know, it would have to be something awfully big when you stop and think about it. I don't think it would just disappear over the course of time to store that much grain. And when you look at the way the pyramids are made, with many chambers that are hermetically sealed, they would have to be that way for a reason. And uh, you know, various scientists have said, well, you know, there were alien beings that came down and they had special knowledge and that's how they were. You know, it doesn't require an alien being when God is with you. You know, and that's that's really the key. People may not even be able to explain what it is that you're accomplishing, but they don't have to be able to explain it when God is there. All you have to do is accept his presence and his total understanding of everything and link yourself with that and what a difference it makes. It it makes you calm. Uh
2: yikes. Th-
0: Let me there is so much fucking there that doesn't make any sense at all.
2: Have you ever heard this theory? By the way, is this a commonly?
0: I've no, I've never heard it. Okay, yeah, never heard this. But first, he talks about his my own personal theory, <laughs> uh, blah blah blah, and then says, "Well, you know, all the archaeologists, you know, all the scientists who spend decades." learning and studying and being experts in their field Mm
4: -hmm. they
0: believe this but i got my own theory about it you know
2: i had a spontaneous thought one day (laughs) and it sounded real good so i'm gonna go ahead and go with that
1: just fucking bizarre my own personal theory is that joseph built the pyramids in order to store grain Now, all the archaeologists think that they were made for the pharaoh's graves, but...
0: But. But. All all the archaeologists believe they were for the pharaoh's grave, but... (laughs) He's he's admitting that there's a scientific consensus on the matter.
8: Well... Eh,
0: But... Eh. Eh. And then in this next clip from the thing you just heard... He is talking about various scientists. And then he goes into this weird talk about alien beings. I'd like to know which scientists, actual scientists, have postulated this alien being collaboration. With the pyramids.
2: Is he watching Ancient Aliens? Well, this
0: was prior to Ancient Aliens, but maybe he is talking about Eric Von Daniken. Maybe he is talking about...
2: Some of the people featured on yeah, that show. Yeah, they're
0: not scientists. They're they're nutter-butter hobbyists, is what they are.
1: Various scientists have said, well, you know, there were alien beings that came down, and they had special knowledge, and that's how they were. You know, it doesn't require an alien being when God is with you. Ben
0: Carson... Candid- leading GOP candidate for president of the United States. Everybody, this should rock you to your core. This should scare you. We make fun, and we have a lot of laughs at this asshole's expense. But this is scary. This is important. This is dangerous. This should sh- this should scare anyone away from supporting the Republican Party as an organization. If this is the product that they're trying to sell. Terrible.
2: I mean, it really is quite shocking. And especially because he is such an educated person. It's very confusing, especially to hear him talk about science, being a man of science, being educated in science, um, it's just very confusing to hear his take on things. Well,
0: I, I think you have to amp up the nuttiness
2: uh-huh.
0: to overcome the actual brain power that he has. He is an intelligent man. He is not a stupid man. Of course. But the the craziness, and I say that euphemistically
2: has in a bias-free t- it, way. Yeah,
0: in a very bias-free way. It has to be really, really high levels. The intensity and the concentration of nuttiness has to be that which overpowers the actual smartness. And uh, that's what's happening here. Clearly, that's what's happening here.
2: Well, he obviously just has different priorities, (laughs) I guess, in terms of um, just different intellectual priorities, I guess.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Fucking weird. So there is new polling data out that we're going to talk about. Uh, I believe it's a Monmouth University poll.
2: Yes, and it is about New Hampshire. Oh, good. So this came out...
0: Lay off the Iowa talk for a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm. This came out on November 2nd. Donald Trump maintains his sizable lead in the New Hampshire Republican primary, and Ben Carson holds on to second place, but the latest Monmouth University poll has found a new occupant in the third place slot, just like nationally. Marco Rubio.
0: Marco Rubio.
2: GOP primary voters are also unhappy with the recent budget deal reached by Congress and their ire is directed at both parties. One in four, 26%, likely GOP primary voters in New Hampshire, continue to back Donald Trump for the presidential nomination. Ben Carson places second with 16%. And Marco Rubio comes in third at 13%, followed by John Kasich. John
0: Kasich. 11%. Not Ted Cruz. No. Not the Sargento cheese guy.
2: So that's exciting. John Kasich, eleven percent in New Hampshire with GOP primary voters.
0: Well, listen, they're still GOP voters, but I would say that the the GOP voters in New Hampshire are a different flavor. And I'm not going out of the limb here. I mean this is pretty well understood. New Hampshire voters are a different flavor than Iowa voters. You're not gonna have this deep rooting in far right-wing christian politics like you do in iowa you're not going to have that new hampshire Mm -hmm. there are far more reasonable um truly freedom loving you know live free or die kind of people it's good stock up there in new england at least in new hampshire vermont and maine it's a whole different fucking thing going on in maine but yeah. I
2: can't wait to go and eat lobster rolls all day. It's
0: good. We should take a New England trip. Mm-hmm. I used to live there briefly.
2: And, of course, all the maple syrup.
0: <laughs> you just It's one big stereotype up there, huh?
2: Um, I love sweet treats and lobster <laughs> rolls. So, well,
0: That's good. That is good. So, like we talked about, the next debates are on the 10th and 14th. We will be covering them for you for our patreon subscribers and uh we are looking forward to that week of hell podcast on the 8th the 10th the 11th the 14th and the 15th i think those are all the dates we'll be podcasting so
2: uh, yikes no good good thing my thesis proposal draft was due this it's week. over
0: that's right Well, getting away from national politics and into a state-level political issue, Greg Abbott is the governor of Texas. He recently vetoed a bill that dealt with mental health issues, and he vetoed it. Now, that in and of itself is not particularly interesting, except for the fact that he is now kind of being lumped in as one of the people who is being manipulated, or influenced, better yet, by the Church of Scientology.
2: The 57-year-old Republican exercised his veto power for the first time earlier this week, striking down a bipartisan measure designed to improve mental health care in the state. Authored by Royce West, a Dallas Democrat, the legislation would have given hospitals the ability to detain a mental health patient who voluntarily sought help for up to four hours if doctors thought the patient posed a threat to himself or herself, giving law enforcement officers time to arrive to assess the situation. The bill had support of the Texas Medical Association and the Texas Society of Psychiatric Physicians. It was approved by votes of 31 to 0 in the state Senate and 140 to 0 in the House.
0: Wow, and he vetoed it.
2: Yes. That
0: is unanimous bipartisan support. And he vetoed
2: it. Abbott said in a statement that the reason for his veto was that only police, not hospitals, should have the authority to detain citizens. Quote, medical staff should work closely with law enforcement to help protect mentally ill patients and the public. But just as law enforcement should not be asked to practice medicine, medical staff should not be asked to engage in law enforcement, especially when that means depriving a person of the liberty protected by the Constitution. However, an early report from the Texas Tribune suggested that Abbott's veto had less to do with constitutional concerns than with vigorous lobbying against the resolution by a group affiliated with the Church of Scientology, which obviously opposes psychiatric health care. After a Church of Scientology-backed group helped organize a campaign against it, Governor Greg Abbott vetoed the legislation that would have given Texas doctors more power to detain mentally ill and potentially dangerous patients. Abbott sided with conspiracy theorists to kill the mental health bill. The editorial board of the Dallas Morning News stated in an op-ed when they accused the governor of pandering to Citizens Commission on Human Rights. The
0: same Citizens Commission on Human Rights Scientology organization that runs the psychiatry quote unquote psychiatry a museum of death museum here in Los Angeles that we've been to and we've talked about and how mm-hmm. they creepily watch you on closed circuit TV and
2: get unhappy if you don't pay attention to certain exhibits yeah. or stay in them long enough. Very
0: creepy. And if you are a listener who lives in Texas and is affected by this, you need a letter writing campaign needs to be t- t- had. You need to contact your your state representatives. Something needs to be done here because this was obviously a good Piece of legislation that was overwhelmingly supported. And it's a little weird that it was vetoed.
2: Yeah. So I know that Citizens Commission on Human Rights sounds really official, but it's really important for people to understand and really listen to this right now. Citizens Commission on Human Rights is. This, the Church of Scientology.
0: They're, it's not affiliated with, it is the Church of Scientology.
2: So it's a non-profit founded and funded by the church. That's and right. its main goal is to do just this. It is to put out propaganda about mental illness and... And
0: against the treatment of mental illness. Right. Yeah.
2: And oftentimes, you know, after those after shootings happen, you'll see a link going around. And it is from the Citizens Commission on Human Rights talking about how antidepressants and other medications cause the shootings that are occurring. Right. So there's just there's all this propaganda that comes from this organization, but they have a very official sounding title. That's right. But all it takes is a quick Google search to figure out that it's Scientology.
0: Yeah, a real quick. You don't have to delve deep at all. Again, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights is the Church of Scientology and they are opposed to psychology and psychiatry. Period. Totally and completely against it. They believe that it is a, a an industry of death. It, it's ugh, fuck. All right. Well, I guess we can stop kicking that dead horse. Huh, Brittany Page. Yes, please. All right. Well, let's move on to everybody's favorite. Pew 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 <laughs> pew 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 Some pretty interesting findings, especially related to unaffiliateds or nuns, as they're called.
2: Unaffiliateds. What? I've just never heard it phrased like that. I like it.
0: Isn't that what they say? Unaffiliated?
2: The unaffiliated, not the unaffiliates.
0: Oh, unaffiliateds is what I said. Or
2: whatever you said. (laughs) Okay, so this is like part two of the religious landscape report
0: rich the first one was released i think in may and we talked about it pretty lengthy
2: right so this it just goes more in depth into things and they did release kind of you know a five takeaway article from the report but i'm gonna do my own kind of important things that i think are important
0: you're gonna do your own important things that you think are important
2: So, yeah, well, it's ending the show and I'm getting tired. So um, (laughs) the vast majority of Americans still believe in God, but there are strong signs that many are less certain about this belief than in years past. And a small but growing minority of Americans say they do not believe in God at all. When asked if they believe in a God or universal spirit in the Pew Research Center's 2014 Religious Landscape Study, this... 89% of U.S. adults say yes, down from 92% from the previous years, or just year in 2007, I guess, is the last time they asked that. Nearly 1 in 10, 9% now say they don't believe in God, up from 5% in 2007.
0: Ah, wow.
2: So it rose 4%.
0: Good news. From
2: 2007, okay. (laughs) The changes have been even more substantial when it comes to certainty of belief in God. 63% of Americans are absolutely certain that God exists. Oh, yeah. Down eight percentage points from 2007 when 71% said this. So that has decreased the certainty in God.
0: Also good news.
2: Okay, so there were several other interesting things. So they did some questions associated with those who do not believe in God. So they asked people who don't believe in God, If they believe in hell.
0: This was perplexing to me. This is the one where there were atheists, like 2% of atheists believe in hell. I think.
2: It's 5%. (laughs) And 93% don't. They
0: really need to define their terms.
2: And 3% don't know.
0: Yeah, that's just, come on. So 8% either believe or are not sure if there's a hell
2: so i'm just wondering if this five percent in the i guess eight percent is representative of people who are like messing with the researcher
0: yeah i don't know they like don't understand
2: how research works there's gotta be a way to
0: weed that out though isn't there
2: not if someone is giving that answer honestly and genuinely and fucking
0: weird anyway go ahead sorry that was just something that struck me
2: Democrats are twice as likely as Republicans to be religiously unaffiliated, 28% versus 14%. I don't think that's really a surprise, but. No,
0: they probably value science more.
2: In terms of religions that believe homosexuality should be accepted, do you want to guess the religion that has the most, the highest percentage saying that homosexuality should be accepted by society?
0: Um. Presbyterian, Methodist, or Anglican? Catholic. Really?
2: 70%.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's very surprising.
2: Then you have mainline Protestant, Orthodox Christian, followed by all Christians, 54%. And the lowest is the...
0: Oh, so they don't break it down by denomination. No. Okay.
2: Well, somewhat, but... Right. So the lowest religion, would you like to guess? Um... The least accepting.
0: Of homosexuality? Yes. Uh, Westboro Baptist? No, I, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Jehovah's Witness. Ah. 16%.
0: Wow. Yeah, 16% that's,
2: it... say homosexuality should be accepted. That's a
0: very cultish, closed-off group.
2: Then 36% of Mormons and 36% of evangelical Protestants.
0: Believe that it should be accepted. Yes. Huh. So
2: those were the three lowest percentages in terms of accepting homosexuality Mormons Jehovah's witnesses and evangelical Protestants right right so this is an interesting question they asked the participants even if they said that they belong to a religious tradition if they believe in God so they endorsed a religion and then they also answered the question do you believe in God these are the percentages of people that do not believe in God among various religions. Oh, wow. So for unaffiliated, 33% do not believe in God.
0: A Makes little, sense. Seems a little low to me, but that also lets you know that the unaffiliated category could mean many, many things.
2: Right. Then you have Buddhists. 27% do not believe in God.
0: That doesn't surprise me.
2: Then you have Jews. do not believe in God. Only
0: 17, huh? Mm -hmm. I figured that would be higher.
2: Hindus, 10% do not believe in God.
0: Okay, that's weird to me.
2: And then you have Catholics, 2% do not believe in God.
0: I mean, 2% doesn't shock me, but okay.
2: And then Muslims, 1% do not believe in God.
0: Huh. That's weird. Why are you in a fucking religion? (laughs) If you're not going to believe in God.
2: It's a little confusing. So this is another one that I liked. It's views on government aid to the poor. So this is the percent who say government aid to the poor does more harm than good. I
0: mean, Jesus's main talking point, <laughs> taking care of the poor.
2: Uh, yeah. So more harm than good. The highest percentage is Protestant.
0: They believe that. Government intervention with the poor does more harm than good.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm completely screwing this up. The highest percentage by far is Mormons, 64%.
0: They believe, 64% of Mormons believe that the government...
2: Aid to the poor does more harm than good. (laughs) Right, okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have evangelicals at 56%. Fuck
0: you, hungry kids.
2: (laughs) And then Protestants at 49%.
0: Ah, wow. Yeah. That is.
2: And the lowest, would you care to guess?
0: Uh, no, go ahead.
2: Atheist, 23%. Oh,
0: well, I don't consider us a religion.
2: Well, it's listed as a religious affiliation because it's forget. a choice. I forget
0: because it's not, I, w- I wouldn't consider us a religion. Okay, uh, well. Anyway, if you, we're going to put this on the Facebook page, if you would like to delve into these numbers, they will be there for you to peruse at your leisure. Hmm? What do you think of that?
2: Those were interesting talking points, right? Yeah,
0: I think they're very, very fascinating. We'll we'll get into them a little bit more, and maybe come up with some more points of, of interest, or maybe even cover their their boring five. But let's move on. Let's wrap up the show with a little pet news, Brittany Page.
8: Yay! All right,
0: good to see. You. Do you have
3: a cat, Joe?
8: I do not have a cat. Then I would prob- like a cat, though. Well,
3: you that that could kill you. Really? Well, that's no. what, look at the teleprompter. They're
8: so cute.
3: i agreed. Here's agreed. But what,
8: apparently there's
1: a new study.
3: Apparently there is. You've read the words. According to a new study, everything you thought about cats is true. They are, in fact, plotting to kill you. No. That's what it says. Can you read that?
8: It's one study. You
3: read better than I. Acute and cuddly? No. Neurotic and deadly? Yes. I'm going to go over here and talk to Lillian about it. L- Lillian <laughs> likes pets. I know this. I know this. But cats are out to kill us?
8: Yes. Well, moral of the story is be nice to your cats.
3: Oh, that's different. <laughs> yes. you got to be nice to the cats so the cats will fight back.
8: Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. It's a good strategy, at least. Uh, but it's no secret that cats can be a little weird sometimes. Uh, this is just a video from another producer on this show, actually, mm. their cat. Uh, but a r- researchers from the University of Edinburgh in the Bronx Zoo looked at different feline personality traits, and domestic cats and African lions were strikingly similar. Oh. Uh, domestic cats are just a little bit smaller, but good they... Book smaller they are suspicious and they are have a tendency towards dominance and they are completely unstable and neurotic so that's why they act a little weird but is, it, it makes them fun to sort of have around is there a suggestion
3: that we shouldn't have them that they might actually be plotting to kill us because i read that in the prompter
8: well luckily they are small and they don't have as big as teeth as the african lion so it, it should be okay but that's just sort of why they act the way that they do it's oh. they're similar to those animals we're learning a lot about uh feline uh, the domestic cat brain. Just last year they said that the cats think of us as just big, hairless, stupid cats who are non-hostile and just roommates.
3: They think of us as that?
8: Yeah, not like their mothers, but as uh-huh. just like... And fathers. No, yeah, no. and fathers, yes. Or,
3: I've told you about Sasquatch, my cat from after 9-11. No! Everybody needed a pet after 9-11 and the animal re- I only like to get rescue animals and the rescue place was out of everything but cats. They're like, we're going to kill those cats today at 5 o'clock. Couldn't take any more deaths. Sasquatch came home.
8: Sasquatch is an amazing name for a cat. Well,
3: it had six toes and it tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah. What did it do? It would <laughs> jump on my face and I'd scratch. i will come to work bloodied sometimes. Well, there you go. Sasquatch went to live on a farm with a bunch of other friendly cats. She just wasn't That's made good. for the city.
8: Yeah, well, there you go. It says lion tendencies.
3: Yeah, I don't need cats. No. Thank you, Lillian. No
2: problem. Cats
3: are terrible.
2: I am, I am not a fan of cats.
0: Cats are the worst. Aren't... It's cats that when, like, an old lady dies in her apartment...
2: They eat they eat the face.
0: They eat the face first, right? That's what I was going to say.
2: Yeah, that's what, that's what I've heard. Cats are fucking maniacal
0: demon animals.
2: I haven't done any, you know, official research on that, but that is the commonly just stated... Just take,
0: take my word for it. I heard it somewhere. It must be true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a woman came up to you in a crowd and told you that?
0: That's right, yeah. But
2: cats, you know, I don't know. It just... No. I mean, when they live in the house, it's Look, just too much.
0: It's an animal that shits in, and pisses in a box.
2: It's just too much.
0: It's gross.
2: They can be smelly. And their
0: their piss is like, it's like poison. It smells <laughs> like fucking poison. I mean, no piss smells good, but cat piss is a special kind of of concoction
2: you know they're also really mean
0: they're dicks
2: i get scared of them when they get too close to me i don't like them to be too close to me because i feel like they can pounce at any minute like they're talking about they they view us
0: listen we we i know someone who used to have a cat his Mm -hmm. name was steve (laughs) steve the cat Uh uh-huh and steve was a fucking asshole (laughs) Steve, I think Steve's dead. Good fucking riddance to that prick.
2: Oh, okay. Steve,
0: no, listen. You'd be Pat, Pat and Steve, and it would be you know a lovely time between you and the cat because you're it's giving it some affection. Yeah, lovely. And Steve would decide, unbeknownst to you, because there wouldn't be a warning like, "Hey, stop that."
2: He would decide. I love this. Well, I,
0: it wasn't like like, "Hey, stop." Yeah. Or like move or anything. He would just. He would be done with the petting and he would fucking bite the fuck out of you. He would go crazy. And I don't mean just like a little, like a warning, like a like a little, I'm doing like a bite with my hand here. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was it was fierce and murderous. It was terrible. Steve was a dick.
2: This seems this seems a little excessive. No, listen. A little uh, hyperbolic.
0: No good. Brett, number one, knows about this cat. Many of my friends know about this cat.
2: Okay. It I'll was, trust you. It was no good. I'll trust you. All right. And I have seen that video that's recently been going around on Facebook where all these little kids like several different videos are put together of these little kids being attacked by cats like they're running through the yard all happy and then a cat will just like jump on their face and knock them down like what is wrong with them yeah they're just pouncing all over the kids
0: demons demon cats no good all right with that little message of cat and feline hatred we will leave you we appreciate you listening as often as you do twice a week or for those of you who are really dedicated, you listen twice to each show, so that's four times a week, because you just cannot get enough of the sultry sounds of Britney Page. Remember, we have the debates coming up, so if you'd like to partner with us on Patreon to take advantage of those episodes, we would welcome you with open arms to the Patreon supporter family. Just go to patreon.com slash we would love you and appreciate you if you do. Well, we'd love you and appreciate you if you don't. But I'll have a warm, warm feeling in my cold, cat-hating heart if you do. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. He wants his balls cuffed and cradled in a very gentle way with a, with a lotion-filled glove.